Good morning. It's a fun morning to be at church, isn't it? It's so good. Well, my name's Jacinda. I'm one of the pastors here at Coast Vineyard. If you're visiting with us today, it's wonderful to have you with us. And uh, a special welcome to family and friends that are here to support these two families as they dedicate their children. Children are exciting little things, aren't they? It's, I mean, they feel like this Christmas present that you get given that you spend a lifetime unwrapping. Don't you think? It's like this process of discovering who they are and everything that God's put in them and how he's made them, what they're great at and what they love. And it's like, you know, my eldest is 24 and I feel like with all of our girls, we're just still in that process of like discovering more and more of who they are. It's pretty fun. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. It's very cool. Well, it's Christmas. Nearly, nearly. The amount of people I've spoken to this morning, they're like... We've nearly made it. <laughs> We're sort of hanging on by our fingernails. And uh, it's a full time of the year, isn't it? But it's a good time of the year. And uh, today we're going to just start a little mini-series that we're doing this Sunday, next Sunday, and then on Christmas Eve, just looking at this whole idea, this big idea, this wonderful idea that hope has come to town in the person of Jesus. Hope has come to town. And uh, we're in the season of Advent. Uh, for some of us, we were raised in more traditional liturgical churches, and they follow the church calendar a lot more closely than we do here at Coast. And this is the time of Advent. It's this period of getting ready for Christmas. It's this time where we can hold this um, hopeful expectation, this excitement, this anticipation of what's coming. For Christmas and we prepare our hearts. I have to say in the Southern Hemisphere, we had the opportunity to live overseas for five years and the Northern Hemisphere, it almost feels like there's a bit more room in the calendar to actually be able to, to prepare your hearts for this time. It's not the end of the year rush that we have here. It's almost like our whole rhythm here in New Zealand kind of conspires against us being able to still our hearts and get ready for Jesus' arrival. So we have to be super determined to actually go there. But there's this thrill, isn't there? I mean, certainly we had it when we were kids. It can get a little bit squished to the margins when we're adults and the to-do lists are feeling never-ending. But there is this thrill of hope that there is at Christmas. As we remember Jesus coming, as we're aware of his presence with us, and as we anticipate his coming again. It's pretty cool. You know, our carols, we're going to be singing carols coming up soon, so if you like carols, they'll be in the next couple of services, so make sure you come along. But there's that really old, famous carol that we probably all know and love, Oh Holy Night. Yeah, but lots of us know that one, right? And it, there's that little phrase in there, it's a thrill of the hope, of, uh, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. There's this sense of anticipation, of hope that brings rejoicing to the whole world. And that's what we want to lean into over this next few weeks. It's this anticipation of good news that we look forward to. And for people of faith, there's that uh, constant reminder of God's presence with us now in in the Holy Spirit, but also of what's coming You know, when we get to see the fullness of God's way of doing things here on earth. So what do we hope for this time of the year? Probably lots of things. We hope that we get all of that to-do list done at work and at home. 
in time for Christmas. We hope that we get the presents we want. My family, our kids uh, very helpfully put together a list of the things that they would like. Some of that's quite optimistic, I have to say. Can't give them any fault for trying, though. Um, But, you know, we have this hope of, like, the gifts we would love to receive. We hope that the weather is going to be way better than it has been for our holidays, right? No more of the sideways rain. We hope that our family and our friends arrive safely. I know many of you are starting to have family arrive from overseas. And we have hope that they're going to get here safely. And then we have hope that there's going to be no drama when all the family get together. It's not always a given, but we hope for it. We hope that we can get through Christmas when it's actually a season that reminds us really strongly of someone that we don't have with us. Someone that we've lost, perhaps, to death or to illness or that are just far away or broken relationships. It can be a time that's actually quite challenging for us. But we hope that we can get through this time. We hope that someone will notice us in our loneliness. It can be a time where people feel really lonely when they don't have family and friends. And we live in hope that someone will notice and include us. Or it may be that we are looking already forward to 2019 with the hope that it will be a good year, possibly better than the one we have. However, all of those hopes that we have that are normal and natural are all based on external circumstances, aren't they? It's as though for us to have hope, everything, or we have to kind of have all our ducks in a row, that everything has to be ideal. And yet all of us have lived life long enough, even when we're young, to realize that that actually isn't the case. You know, we know that life includes disappointment. We know that life includes loss of dreams that don't get fulfilled. So then as people of faith, where does our hope lie? Where can this thrill of hope be found? Now hope, let's be really clear about what we're talking about. I'm a bit of a words person, so I look up definitions. Apologies in advance. Um, But hope is this thing that we carry that is this confident expectation of something good. Biblical hope isn't based on our circumstances. And we're going to unpack that, recognize that there was no evidence that people of the Bible, they would often look at their circumstances, recognize that there was no evidence that things were going to be better, and they would choose to hope anyway. One definition is that it's a combination of desire and expectation, a feeling of trust or confidence. And God's people have long had this confident expectation built on God's character and his ongoing presence, regardless of their circumstances. Nelson Mandela, who many of us would have heard of, he, uh, earlier this year, they published a book of his letters that he had written during his 27-year incarceration. And uh, many of these letters have never been seen publicly, and they kind of give you an insight into how it is that he managed to live and to, to still be formed and to still come out of that whole process in relatively good shape at the end of that. And, uh, and we see that he looked to Scripture. He talks about Paul being his companion who would pester him to do the right thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was formed by what happened to him there. And he wrote a letter to his wife on the April the 2nd in 1969, which was nearly seven years into his 27-year uh, imprisonment. He said this, Remember that hope is a powerful weapon 
even when all else is lost. Hope is powerful and it's essential for us if we want to thrive. So this week, as we meditate on, as we remember hope in the midst of all of the things that are going on for us right now, we want to spend some time to unpack, to choose and to cultivate hope in this Advent season. Why don't we pray? So Lord, I want to just thank you for your presence here with us this morning. I thank you that you say in your, your word that you are with us at all times and that you love being with your people, especially when they gather together. And so Lord, we are full of hope, of expectant confidence and expectation and anticipation of what it is that you may want to do in us today. And I ask, God, that you would meet with each person here in a fresh and a wonderful way, Lord. Would you give us the gift of your hope wherever we may need it? Amen. Now, in Scripture, two main Hebrew words in the Old Testament are, the, are translated into hope. One of them is and if you can speak Hebrew, I apologize if I don't say this correctly. My best efforts. Two words, yakal, which means to wait, or kava, uh, which also means to wait. But that, that part of waiting is uh, tied into this idea of um, a cord. So a kav pulled really tight, and that moment of release as it, as it snaps. So there's that sort of expectant tension that's in there. But both words for hope have this idea of waiting woven into them. It's that feeling of tension and anticipation. We all know that feeling, don't we? Like as we're looking forward to something, we're hoping for something, and there's that kind of that nervous excitement and kind of tension that we carry kind of in the pit of our stomach and our heart races a little faster, and that's hope. But waiting is intertwined in an integral part of hope. You know, we have started singing a song recently called Take Courage by Bethel Music. And there's the chunk of it that, these are the lyrics. Take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Hold on to hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. And those few things are the kinds of things we want to unpack and lean into today is that he is in the waiting. He is the one we wait for. He is the one that we hope in. And he never fails. Because for us, as people of faith, is that we have this person to hope in. Not a circumstance to look out for. Not hoping that sort of everything all comes together. Our hope is based on the person of God. And if we want to know what God looks like, or what is he like, we look at Jesus, because he is the perfect representation of God. And God has demonstrated his goodness and his love for us in the person of Jesus, which is why Christmas is so exciting, because God sent his son and hope came to town. That's why we get excited at this time of the year. So there's a couple of things. If we cannot put our hope in external circumstances, our hope, therefore, needs to be focused and fixed upon 
two things that are unchanging. God's character and his ongoing presence, his unfailing presence with us. And if we want to kind of get a sense of his character, think about what we sang in worship today. What were some of the things that we sung about God's character? He's good. Anything else that sort of sticks in your mind? I know, you didn't know it was going to be like a question kind of a day, hey? Pardon? He's faithful. Yeah. Some of the things we may think of when we're considering God's character is he's unchanging. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we're told in the book of Hebrews in Scripture. God is faithful, and his faithfulness is the basis for our hope and our joy, and our love. In Hebrews 10, 23, we're told, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And he demonstrates that over and over and over again. He's loyal. He's trustworthy. He's just. He's wise. He's loving. He is good. He's good. One of the very first scriptures I learned when I came to faith when I was 17 years old, or came kind of reaffirmed my faith kind of as a young adult, was uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it's, anyone know that one? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He is good. He has good things and plan, plan, and plans for us. He's kind. He is constant and dependable. In Deuteronomy, which is a book in the Old Testament, we see this interaction between a leader called Moses who had been this great, became a great man of God and led the people of Israel out of like hundreds of years worth of enslavement to the, um, the Egyptians. And he led them out and was taking them to the promised land that God had promised them. Funny that, promised land that was promised to them. But Moses was coming to the end of his life. And they were right on the cusp of entering the promised land. And Moses, in the process of announcing and blessing and advising his successor, who was Joshua. And he said this to him, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, which is their enemies that were in the way. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Moses could say that. I can't remember how old he was. Someone else will know that. But he was old. He had lived life. He had been through a whole heap of things, the good, the bad, the ugly. And he could say with absolute confidence, God is with you. Nothing is going to get in the way. Don't give up. He will never leave you or forsake you. That is where hope lies. That enables us to be strong and to have courage, doesn't it? In Hebrews, again, uh, that piece of scripture is referred to. Again, it was such an important thing. And uh, I love the way the amplified version of script, the translation of scriptures kind of unpacks this a little bit because it's referring back to that quote of Moses. He has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, and nor will I in any degree leave you helpless. And nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. This is the source of our hope. This is the God that we're in relationship with. He is constant and good and loving and his presence is unfailing. That's the second thing. So we can place our hope in his character, which never changes. 
and on his unfailing presence. This is key for us. He never leaves us. It can feel like he's distant sometime though, right? That's a normal part of our spiritual formation, that we're going to go through seasons where he feels as close as a breath away, where we feel immersed in him. His presence is just so strong and so immediate. It's just a man. cannot reach him. We can go through seasons where it feels like he's distant and we cannot reach him. However, he is constant. He never leaves. All of this is actually part of us growing up in faith. So we can look forward with hope by looking back and then choosing to trust God's character and his presence. It's a bit like, uh, I've often described it as a bit like um, getting out your family photo albums. You know, do you ever do that? Sit down every now and then. It's like Christmas holidays is a good time to do that, actually. Kids are all around, and it's just like, remember that holiday when we had such and such? And then out come the photo albums, and you kind of look back, and you revisit the stories, and remember when that happened? And, you know, you have a laugh. And uh, it's a little like that. It's like learning how to remember in our journey with God. Some of us have been journeying with him a lot longer than others. And so really, for those of us who have been actually following him for longer, we should have more stories to tell of his faithfulness, of his love, of all the times that he has been present for us. And if we're just getting started in this thing, borrow some stories. Go talk to some of the others that have actually just had more time with him. And you will cultivate your own. You will develop your own. You know, um, if we were wanting to kind of get cultivate this whole thing and get started in this thing, or just to be more disciplined around how do I build this back in if I'm feeling a little low on hope, is we can go to Scripture. In fact, we need to go to Scripture because we have all these stories. These are not fairy stories. They're not myths. These are actual people who lived real lives. That's why it's so messy. It's like if you read the Bible, you know, if they'd written a book that was all about, you know, supposed to be conquering the world and everything's wonderful all the time, man, they picked some interesting people. These are real people grappling with real issues, with real emotions, with real life experiences and circumstances. And they have chosen and given us examples of how to choose hope, how to hold hope, how to run to God for hope when they are hopeless. Because hopelessness is brutal to the human soul. We need hope. So start there. Start with the stories of Scripture. Look through church history. Some of you are going to love that stuff more than others, but I can highly recommend it. There are people who have gone before us whose stories will inspire us and plant hope if we are running low on it for ourselves. Practice remembering. Journal. Journaling is a great way for us to just remember. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a little, my memory's not quite what it was. I'm not sure it's been good for a while, actually. But do you know how we just forget? We just forget some of the things that actually God's taken us through and where he's answered prayer. And even when things haven't turned out the way we hoped, he's, we just have known his peace and his presence in the midst of some of those times. But we forget them. Write them down. And if it's hard, ask. Ask God for it. In Romans 
Paul, who was the, one of the apostles, he said this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This can be a gift. We can ask for this. God, I don't feel you, but I know you're there because you tell me that you are. I need your hope. I need you, and I'll wait for you. But please, would you give me hope? That can be our prayer. The Bible Project. Has anyone looked at their resources online? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh, you guys are in for a treat. There's loads of you that haven't. Google them over the holidays when you have nothing to do when it's raining. The Bible Project. Oh, well, you know, we need a wee reprieve because my tanks need water. Um, but just Google them. You might need a break from the sun. Um, Bible Project, they do some wonderful um, videos and study notes and all that to help unpack Scripture for you. It's so, so good. And this is what they say about hope. It's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. That's that whole thing of we look back to go forward. You look forward by looking backwards, trusting in nothing other than God's character. That's the source of our hope. So we need Scripture and we need experience. Both, not one or the other. We need both. And it helps us not to get some kind of really wonky ideas about God uh, if we just base it on our own experience. That's a bit too subjective to be entirely reliable. So we need Scripture, but we cannot discount the fact that He is alive and well and active in our lives today. We need both. And then we need to actively participate in holding on to hope. Martin Luther King Jr., he said he must, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. All of us are going to experience finite disappointment. That's not the uplifting message you were hoping for today. <laughs> However, we cannot ever lose infinite hope. That is why it is based on the person of God. Hebrews, again, tells us this, we who have taken refuge might be strongly encouraged to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain. They're referencing the temple and the only person that was allowed in that inner shrine behind the temple was the priest and that was where God's presence was. But that's available to us now through the person of Jesus. We are told to seize this hope. Hold on. Don't let go. The message translation puts it like this. Grab this hope with both hands and never let go. Both hands. Well, how do we do that? This isn't a passive thing. This is not, I mean, yes, we can ask for hope, but there's something up to us to cultivate this, to hold on tight, to seize a hold of it and never let go regardless of our circumstances. We have a part to play. In this last week and a half, Last 10 days, I've had multiple conversations with different people that are going through some really hard things. You know, there's a young family who have been in the process of uh, visa applications to immigrate and live here in New Zealand. And they found out last Sunday that their latest application has been declined and they have to leave the country. And their hopes, their dreams, their belief of, they really truly think that God wants them to be here. And yet they're having to grapple with disappointment, changed plans, and having to go back to their country, catch their breath, and start again. 
What does hope look like in that situation? How do you hold hope? How do you hold hope? I was talking to another friend over in uh, the UK, and she um, struggles with chronic illness. And she's just not long ago been uh, hospitalized again. They've had to change her medications again. There's no end in sight. She has chronic illness, and, and it's that relentless nature of chronic illness that can just get you down sometimes. There's just no end to it. And this particular season just really climbed all over her and just beat her up emotionally. How do you hold hope in those circumstances? Friends of, and other friends of ours, also in the UK, are having to like gird up again to take uh, legal action on behalf of their daughter who has special needs for them to be able to actually get her the support that she needs because it's not just readily available. And it's just, it's just a brutal process. It's what should be naturally there for a child, for a young person, and it just isn't. And they're having to fight tooth and nail again on her behalf. But it just gets really hard, doesn't it? Life is full of these kinds of circumstances and more, which is why we can't place our hope there. We have to place our hope in God. And the thing that just has... Um, captured my attention with each of those different families and couples and individuals involved is that they're choosing in the face of their disappointment, in the face of their worry or their fear or their stress, to look to God. Acknowledging all of the feelings that come with all of the hard. They're not pretending like it's all fine because it isn't. Those things are really hard. But each one of them are going back to what they know to be true about God's character. They all have enough track record with him and enough immersion in knowing him and scripture and in life experience to know that they can trust him with the outcome of each of these things. They are choosing to place their hope in God's character and his presence with them in the midst of their circumstances and carrying hope that things will, will change and will get better. But the hope gives them the strength now that they need. That's the thing about hope, isn't it? Is it's like it strengthens our legs to stand again. It fills our lungs with breath again to keep going. It lifts our head up again to look ahead and press forward and not give up. That's the power of hope. This is why it's so, so important. There's a song that, uh, as I've been sort of mulling over some of these things this week and um, some other bits and pieces that were coming up that were a little bit difficult. Uh, do you know, have you, Spotify? Yes, of course we all have Spotify, those of us with light music. Um, this week they sent out like that, you know, your playlist of the songs that you played the most in 2018. And so I was just driving around and, uh, and this, this random playlist came up and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just see what it is I've been listening to. And, uh, and it's just random, so it shuffles through all these songs that you've listened to over the year. And one of the songs that came up that I've actually really loved this year but felt very timely, don't you find that God can use the most interesting things to get your attention? Even your Spotify playlist, playing on random. And there's this song uh, called Peace and it's uh, Samoan. Uh, song, Afio Mai. And, uh, and this is the words to the, it's a really simple song, but it's a very powerful one. 
this is what it says. He never told me that it would be easy. He said suffering would come, but he promised peace. And then it says, Afiomai Agaga Paia, which means Holy Spirit come, welcome. That's how we build hope, how we hold hope in the midst of our circumstances, is reminding ourselves that even though there are times of suffering, even though there are times when it is just out, we feel our losses strongly, that he promised us his presence. He is the Prince of Peace. So when he says he promised peace, he promised us himself. Hope is a powerful thing, and we can cultivate this. It's like we can cultivate the habit of hope which is pretty cool, I thought. Here's what one person says. This is Therese Bouchard, and she writes for Guideposts. She said this, Without fail, I run out of hope every time I forget about God's hand in my life and place all my trust in the things of this world. Last year, I grasped the helm of my life so tightly that I developed blisters. Ever felt like that? It's my way. I will run my life. And in a moment of despair, I turned to the Bible and read Psalm 118.8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans, including ourselves. Like all relationships, though, our connection with God takes work. We want to cultivate that. It requires a commitment to prayer, opportunities to discern what God is saying, and the beginning of the year is a great time to design a spiritual practice that will help you recognize the divine imprints in your life. We are coming up, as we wind up a year, to this season that gives us some space where we can think about, how do I want to cultivate hope? How is God inviting me into that for 2019? Because it takes work. It takes my active participation to cultivate this. And one way that we could do that is uh, there's a practice called the examine. And it was uh, developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it's a technique of prayerful reflection on the events of the day in order to notice and detect God's presence and discern his direction for us. It's an ancient practice in the church but it can help us to see God's work in our lives and in our whole experience. And it can add life. It's one of the ways that we can help to cultivate hope as we reflect on our day, on our week, on our month, and at the moment, on our year. Some great resources. If, if this is kind of a new thing, you've never heard what on earth is the examine, this is what you could have a look at this afternoon as you sit on the beach or in your garden chair. Uh, there's a great little book, it's little, um, called Sleeping with Bread, Holding What Gives You Life, which explains the examine and gives you some ways to practice it both for yourself as well as to do that as a family or with friends on a regular basis. There's some apps that you can download and have on your phone that help you with this, and one of them is called the Pray As You Go app, and the other one is Reimagining Examine. And all of these kind of had uh, guidance. They'll take you through the practice of examine. And it's the sort of thing that you can do while you wait, because this is the season of waiting, right? Advent. So we could have an Advent examine. Throughout the day, whenever you find yourself waiting in traffic, 
in the very long line at the supermarket because we all think we're going to starve because they shut for two days or one day or something. So we have long lines at the supermarket right now, so we can wait there. It could be that uh, we're waiting in the doctor's office, or it could just be at the end of the day as you're lying in bed waiting to go to sleep. Or you could intentionally decide to carve out some time just to wait on God. And I'm just going to pop a couple of questions up on the screen for us to consider. That as we wait for God, as we consider how do we cultivate hope this season within the context of our present lives, these are some questions that we can reflect on in that time of waiting. Where is hope visible in my life today? And where has it faded? Where do you see faithfulness in your life or his faithfulness in your life that gives you hope for tomorrow? It's practicing that remembering thing. And how is God leading you to cultivate the habit of hope today? The answers to these things is going to be different for each one of us because we're in different places in our lives, in different places and seasons in our relationship with God. But this, he will meet with us using simple questions like this as we wait for him. So what we can do is orient ourselves towards that. This thrill of hope that we may or may not feel is available to all of us in the person of Jesus. And we want to cultivate this practice of waiting and of remembering and of looking for God as we wait in hope in him. So what have I got? Cool. We're going to do it now. We talk about this stuff and then we walk out the door and we get in the car and we grab some food on the way home and the kids are tired and scratchy and then we get home and we've forgotten. Or that could just be me. <clears throat> but we talk about this a lot, these kinds of practices that help us and we're going to just pause. The kids will be drifting in, but it doesn't matter. So can I invite you to join me? We're just going to pause for a couple of minutes and we're going to wait and we're going to just reflect on those questions. And the thing is, God is here. Remember, his presence is constant and unfailing. And he loves to be with his people. So as you, guys, you can come in. Do you want to sit on the steps? Come on in and just sit on the steps. You can join us if you like. We're just going to pray and ask God to come speak to our hearts. So wherever you are, get comfy. If you're a little numb, shuffle. Let's just close our eyes and welcome God's activity among us. So, Father, we are incredibly grateful for your presence here with us. And, Lord, we want to say again, you are our hope. Who you are and your presence with us gives us constant hope, a place to run to. And I ask God now that as we wait for you, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, as we consider these questions, Lord, that you would help us to see where hope is visible in our lives today. Or where it may have faded. God, would you remind us of your faithfulness, how you have shown yourself faithful to each one of us.
that would give us a steadfast anchor for our soul as we hope for tomorrow. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us, we pray. So, Lord, I pray that uh, as we come to a close, that you would continue what you've started in us. I ask, God, that you would give us the gift of yourself. Give us the gift of yourself. Give us hope. For those of us who have lost it or it's, it's just sort of worn out a little bit, it's faded, I ask, God, that you'd come and that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, just give us a fresh dose of hope again. Help us hope for the things we've given up hoping for. Strengthen us. Give us courage. As we hold hope again this season. In Jesus' name, amen.